0: Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. AEW, double or nothing was this past Sunday, and a lot of stuff happened, and heck, a lot of stuff better happen if it was a show lasting so long. (laughs) Um, Chris Chris Mueller from uh, Bleacher Reports, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, first of all, the the, the show lasted, uh, I believe, by, uh, about about five, five a little hours. over five hours, something like that. Are you are you okay with with a long show like that, or do you think it was too long? I mean, it wasn't it almost
1: like if you count the buy in, wasn't it almost closer to six?
0: Basically, yeah,
1: yeah. I that mean, that's just too that's just about an hour too long for me like i don't have a problem with a four-hour main card and a one-hour buy-in once you exceed four hours it's you're asking for people to i I think you're asking for a little too much from the fans (laughs) personally but but i i mean i also can't deny that i had fun throughout the entire show so it's a really hard thing to complain about when it's like you know, don't give me five hours of that good thing. Only give me four. Like, what kind of complaint is that to have? So
0: (laughs) it's it's just
1: one of of those things I struggle with. But yeah, I do think it might have been a little taxing, at least for me by the end. I was kind of zoning out a little bit. So
0: I watched it in a theater and that is a really cool experience. But toward the end, like the last two minutes, like basically past midnight, I was like struggling to stay awake. And yeah, it was all good, but there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. You know, if, if you gave me a hundred gallons of ice cream, I like ice cream, but I don't know if there's a, comes a point where it's too much.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm one of those people that like, if my full attention isn't being, like if i can't pay full attention to the movie theater screen then i might fall asleep in the theater <laughs> like some of the movie theater seats around where i am are just like so comfortable and have the reclining options and everything so i don't know if i could do that in the theater because it might it might literally be one of those things where i just end up falling asleep like 3 hours into a 4 hour show
0: it was very cush it was yeah, the very comfortable chairs that recline and do all that stuff. So I mean it was definitely it was it was weirder than being in a movie. <laughs> you know, watching a movie yeah. where every you know, you know, you could just basically, you know, get up and, and walk around whenever you wanted or something. So it's 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 weird. And, you know, usually usually people aren't yelling in the movie in this this one. Did they, you know, notice
1: right? a lot of people like coming in? I'm kind of curious because I haven't actually really talked to anybody who's done the theater experience. Did you notice people kind of coming in and out a lot like were they taking breaks and maybe going and doing something else for a few minutes? Or did it seem like most people just sat in their seats the whole time?
0: I think that I I didn't see it a lot, but I did see it because I mean it's you know with a four or five hour show you gotta you gotta get up and (laughs) and pee at some point and then you know that's always a joke about a wrestling show it's like okay where's the bathroom break where's the you know where where, what am i gonna you know uh ignore um so an intermission
1: would make all the difference in the world like i think for the fans in the arena especially it would be beneficial
0: an intermission would be great um and you know yeah this was a pay-per-view and it, it was over but i mean i just went to the uh AEW dynamite taping and that was gosh you know you get there at like six or 6 30 and the thing wasn't over until like 11 30 or something like that
1: and were they taping like dark or elevation content too
0: yeah Oh, yeah, okay. yeah that makes you sense. know, they start. They're they're taping. They're taping. Um, they're taping dark, and then they tape. You know, and then Rampage is, I'm, I'm sorry, Dynamite was live, so that's eight to ten. But then from ten to eleven, whatever is, they were taping Rampage. So it's like, this is great, but but by the end of the night, it's like God, this is this is exhausting. So it's like, I wish they would do something about, just just you know, it's 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 just a bit much, and yeah, maybe an intermission would be nice or something like that, but yeah
1: i mean the the thing that i always find funny is they they front load the buy-in with all the video packages yeah and that's that's the perfect thing to do in the intermission instead like build up the first half of the show with those videos during the buy-in have a match or two and then halfway through the show do an intermission and do the rest of the video packages
0: And then I would be good.
1: Yeah. Like that way you build the second half up. You don't have to do videos between matches or anything. I don't know. I've had a lot of thoughts about scheduling with pay-per-views and how they're set up over the years. And it's, it's one of those things where I think at least in AEW, it's still kind of a fluid thing. So I think every once in a while, Tony will like get an idea and decide to go with it and see if it works. But yeah, I mean, the, the length is really the only thing I can complain about everything else about you know, Sunday night was, was super fun for me anyway.
0: So out of 10, what do you, what do you rate double or nothing?
1: Hmm. I think I'd give it a solid eight. I don't think it's the best AEW pay-per-view that they've done, but I I really don't think they've ever had a bad pay-per-view and this one is certainly in the good category. I I liked some stuff more than others and we can get into it. Like if you want to go match by match or whatever, but um, yeah, I, I, think overall it was a very satisfying experience and really none of the things I would consider the low points were even that bad. It's just certain things didn't go the way I wanted them to. So that's yeah. all personal opinion, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, 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 I totally agree. I would have given it an eight two. It was solid. I didn't hate anything. Um, whatever that, uh, pay-per-view was where, um, Brian Danielson debuted and I think Adam Cole also debuted at that one. That was Whatever, all that last one, year. Yeah. I, that for me, that was a 10. That was my favorite one ever.
1: So I was also you know, there for that one. So it's hard for me not to put that as one of my favorites. Oh Cause my! Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm in the Chicago area. I'm about a little over an hour outside the city. And since they do that one in the suburbs, it's like a 45 minute drive for me to get to that arena. So I don't have to do a hotel or a rental car Very or any of cool. that. It's, cool. It was beautiful. And I'm one of the few people who like, I hate stadium seating. I have a bad back. So it's just terrible for me. So I actually spent like 80% of that show up in this area called the Club Grill, which is just kind of like a seated area where you can get food and hang out. And there's all these TVs showing the event. And then you could still see through a bunch of windows down into the arena, so I was hanging out there with some other people from wrestling media, actually uh, Nyla Rose's wife was hanging out with us up there too. It was great. It was a really fun experience cool. to actually be able to sit there and chat with some people during the show, instead of just sitting in a chair and watching.
0: Uh by the way, Nyla Rose is is gold on Twitter. Oh my she god. Is so funny. Like oh my goodness. She, they
1: just need to name the AEW Best Twitter account award after her at this point she because she's gonna amazing. win it every year. Um,
0: yeah, she's amazing. She's uh,
1: she's one of my favorite people just in general. Like she I don't know if you saw this, but somebody we won't go into who said something terrible about Nylon social media, and it had to do with, like, you know, you put the strap on, blah, blah, blah. And her reply, like, everybody was dunking on this guy, hating him, telling him what a terrible person he was, and rightfully so, but her response was just, you said strap on, he, 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 like, completely turned it into the funniest joke ever and diffused the situation. And, like, that is so much more valuable than her just being like you suck like cuz yeah. her being able to show everybody else like the fact that like she didn't feel the need to go out of her way and return hate with hate and she was just like I'm going to make all my followers laugh today like I love that so much yeah she is, I have
0: she's endless great. respect for Nyla um during the uh the anarchy in the arena match I, I, I she tweeted as one of those like oh cuz they, they were they were brawling in the uh, concession stands like hey can you get can you get me nachos <laughs> She's so, so funny. Um uh, yeah, She's so, so she, good. Is, she is she is a must follow on Twitter, but um yeah, let's yeah, let's let's uh, talk about these matches. Uh, yeah, in the buy-in you had Hookhausen versus Tony Neese and Smart Mark Sterling. And one thing I I saw from the um the cinema crowd was Danhausen is over like crazy. and Mm -hmm. and Hook was already over, this could be the beginning of something. Uh, If they keep them together, this could be really interesting. What did you think of that first match, uh, Hookhausen versus uh, Neeson Sterling? I loved it. I am such a
1: sucker for good comedy and pro wrestling, and I'm one of those people who's very picky about it, so I'd say 75 to 80% of what they try to pass as comedy and pro wrestling does not hit for me. But when it does... It's the best thing in the world. And all this Hook and Danhausen stuff has been fantastic since day one. I love the way they had that match play out. Hook tagging him in and letting Danhausen get in the pin was such a great ending. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, this is gonna be I I don't know if either guy will ever reach the level of the other two guys I'm about to mention, but this could be the rock and sock connection for AEW. Like just this amazing comedic mix of a completely straight-laced badass guy and, you know, the comedy character that just wants to be his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was great.
0: It was good. And, and, you know, the thing is with Hook, it's like, what do you do with him? I mean, he was like, you know, it, at first before he started we saw him wrestle he was kind of a joke it's like oh he was just he's just the kid in the hoodie eating chips and then we saw him wrestle it's like oh my god this dude's good but he's still so young and he's still learning and, and he has such a unique style it's like what, you know you wonder what are you going to do with him and they, they they pair him with this comedy dude but it it has the potential to really work because it's like you have this 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 straight up killer with this goofy dude and, and I, wow a lot of potential
1: There's so many things I could like. This is one of those situations where Hook in particular. I I would never take a job, I don't think, as a creative person for a wrestling company, because I I just don't think I would enjoy it that much. But with Hook, like so many ideas just pop into my head. Like, I would love to just see a a little bit of a Team Taz Civil War with him being like, I want that title that my dad invented. Give it to me, Ricky. And Ricky's like, no. They're like, all right, let's fight. Like, I'd love to see that match. I I would love to see a Team Taz versus Blackpool Combat Club series of matches and Hook and Yuta just beating the crap out of each other. Like, this kid has so many ways he could potentially go. And he's just like you said, he's so young. So it's going to be really fun to watch his career.
0: Now, I don't know. Um, I didn't know of Danhausen before um AEW. I guess he was in Ring of Honor or something like that. So, uh, you know, th- I'm just now just being exposed to him. He is just 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 looking at him. He's just just he, he doesn't he doesn't even have to do anything. He's just funny. So, yeah. Um what we could see, we'll see what happens with that. Um Tony Nice, I hope they do something with he he's in one of those uh he's in that category of Talented dudes that you could do a lot with, but you know, we'll see if, if they ever get their chance. So we'll see. And then yeah. apparently, apparently Mark Sterling can actually wrestle, but he had to pretend to, like, to be a lawyer and that he can't so that,
1: you know, Mark Sterling, that guy deserves some credit too. like, he sells everything like all the neck brace and crutch stuff. And like, he's been doing that across multiple companies too. <laughs> it's, it's good. I like Mark Sterling. I think he's a, I think he's a good guy and I'm really glad that he's kind of found his niche in AEW.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Uh, so the next match was Wardlow against MJF and the big oh boy news all weekend was what is going on with MJF? Is he on a plane? Is he going to, is he going to show up? I am glad that they got it out of the way because that it overshadowed the entire pay-per-view. This pay-per-view is pretty well built. I mean, AEW only does four of them a year, so it was pretty well built and you you know, you build up all these matches, but all anybody can talk about is is this dude going to show up? What's his contract situation? What's his, you know, it basically overshadowed the whole thing. So I'm glad they got it out of the way and he it basically was a squash match and Wardlow is just the way they're building Wardlow is amazing. What did you think of all this?
1: I don't think this could have gone any better. Like I've said this before, you know, a five-star technical clinic is probably one of my favorite things in the world, but not every match needs to be that. And that is not what this match should be. Watching Wardlow powerbomb him 10 times was so great the moment where MJF is like thinking he's being all clever and pulling the ring out and <laughs> Bryce and Wardlow are just so staring fun. down at him. <laughs> Bryce just takes the ring and the like MJF, you know, people can say whatever they want about him, but the contract situation and whatever, but he showed up and he did exactly what he needed to do to make Wardlow look awesome. It was, it was perfect. I think this whole thing was laid out beautifully Wardlow is so over right now and I was really worried about this because I, you, you probably saw it when I was posting it around a bunch of places I had Wardlow when I interviewed him I had him dedicate one of the power bombs to a friend of mine named Maggie and she made a custom drink she does she does that a lot she, like she makes custom drink videos for pro wrestlers and posts them online so she made a custom drink for him in return and I was going to be really upset if she didn't get her power bomb, but she got like 10 of them.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, the whole thing with with MJF, we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, apparently his contract is still for another year and a half. So if he's unhappy and wants to go, well, I don't know what you do. And I don't I don't know. We you know, we don't know. What what's what's going on there? You know, is he being offered more money? Is he? Well, who knows? Who knows what's going on? And I personally think he just wants to see if the grass is greener on the other side and wanted to go to the quote unquote big leagues. I think it's the dream of everybody to every wrestler to you know headline WrestleMania or something like that. And as great as AEW is, you're not you're not gonna you're only gonna get so far. So maybe he just wants to go to the next levels. I, I don't know.
1: I gotta be honest. Even though I like, I'm a Big aew fan i'm also a big wwe fan like i i really don't see why people need to choose between the two unless you're a worker and you're picking your job right so i actually would love to see mjf and wwe at some point because there's so many different potential storylines you can do you can do the stuff with cody and allude to aew if you want but i think the most valuable thing that they have in that is like a program between him and the Miz. Where the Miz is just like, you are just a knockoff me. And MJF is like, no, you're just mad because I'm a better you. And like they just go back and forth. I think those two could really kill their promos and have a pretty decent match together. So I wouldn't mind seeing MJF show up in WWE down the line, but you know, if if Tony can keep him in AEW, he absolutely should because MJF's been super important to the first few years of that company. And it really would be a shame to see him leave.
0: He's amazing and he's so young and he's just so good at, at yeah. being at, at being that and apparently he's I mean he 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 lives that character outside of the ring too he's a trick yeah. to people you know which which I I think is is still you know He's I, I the only he's,
1: person in the business keeping k
0: alive. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. I mean, you know chris jericho will have you know somebody on his he'll have william regal on his on his podcast and then you know you know a week later it's like oh i hate you it's like you you just talked to him and your buddies anyway um, (laughs) so hold
1: on i actually could say one thing that's kind of funny the the only person who's ever actually talked to me about wanting to keep kayfabe in an interview that i did was jade jade actually cared that people still viewed her as a heel after the interview even though she was talking about all these amazing things like doing social work and growing up in all these different places and experiences with her brother and all this stuff. And like, you can't help, but like respect that woman when you hear all this stuff, but she also wanted to make sure that she said enough stuff that was super cocky, because that's what she wants her character to be.
0: Yeah. And I
1: can't tell you how much like I, just as a fan, just appreciated that extra level of commitment, because you're right. So many people are just, they drop the character in an interview. Wardlow kept character pretty well, because he was like, I'm just going to powerbomb MJF
0: until my arms fall off. Like, <laughs> he, he was good, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of Jade, that was the next match. Jade against uh, Anna Jay. Wasn't the uh, Hardys
1: and the Bucks after was it or was it Jaden and Nana? You know what?
0: Let's see here.
1: Um, yeah, I think the Hardy's um, and the Bucks were on after Wardlow.
0: Okay, my I could be wrong. All messed up. You you are right, Hardy's versus Young Bucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 yeah. that was good. I just want to make sure I had my breakdown in order. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Hardy's versus Young Bucks. Um yeah, I saw people right before the match starts saying, Oh, this is gonna be the match of the year. Oh, this is gonna be so awesome. And I'm thinking, ah, this is this is basically like um like in football, you know, the Steelers just had Ben Roethlisberger and you know, he was he was really good at one point, and then but then toward the end of his career, not so much. To me, that's the Hardies. You know, they're, they're going on nostalgia and it's really cool that they're together. But gosh, I can't see them pulling out a great match right now. And this match was it was OK, but it just it wasn't, you know, the barn burner that, that we thought it would be. What, what did you think of this match?
1: I think this match was what it needed to be. Um, like you said, there there is a nostalgia element to the Hardys. I do think, Jeff, like that match he had with Bobby Fish is legitimately great. So I do think Jeff still has some singles stuff he can do. Matt obviously has taken a little more wear and tear. Like he's had some major injuries in his career that Jeff has managed to avoid. But overall, I don't think this match is one that people are going to say was better than their ROH encounter. But it was a fun little story. And I think both teams did everything they needed to do. They did all their big spots. They mocked each other's spots and then they did each other's spots and it was all fun. Um, But you're right. Like this, this definitely wasn't a match of the night contender for me, but I do like all four guys and Brandon Cutler in particular, I think is, is a super underrated person in AEW that (laughs) just deserves all the credit in the world for being such a good stooge. So I had fun with this one, but yeah, I tend to agree with you. This one was probably middle of the pack is in terms of just, overall quality i guess the
0: the best part possibly was uh friday night when the um (laughs) young bucks came out and basically they they they, i mean the 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 hardy said you're just hardy boy cosplayers and that's literally what they did and cutler as
1: Lita was the best so that was so funny
0: i didn't notice it at first and then someone said cut Brandon Cutler dresses Lita and I went back and looked and I was like oh my god this he might the be thong, the funniest thing up, ever. he had the thong he had the the, <laughs> the, the 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 top just like Lita like oh my god yeah yeah Brandon Cutler is just and and, and and I think during this match I think people were like cheering for Brandon Cutler and I think what the young was like stop it stop it so, yeah I Brandon saw a really awesome.
1: I saw a really great observation by somebody who pointed out that like even though there was that whole Elvis thing before the match where they did the Elvis song and the Bucks came out kind of looking like Elvis. They also sort of looked like Siegfried and Roy because Brandon Cutler was wearing the tiger striped thing. Like, the I, I don't know. There was a level.
0: That would be awesome. It would not surprise me if they yeah. did that. That would be, that would be awesome. But they found so. a way to
1: like homage to famous kind of Vegas acts. So yeah. I think that was great. But yeah, Cutler, man one of the low key MVPs of all the stuff the bucks do like without Cutler. I'm not sure if the bucks would be as good for the past year as they have been.
0: He's great. He's great. He's, you know, with him running around with the camera and everything. It's, 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 it's just, it's just really good. Yeah. He, he really, uh he really helps that, that whole thing. So um yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think this is just, you know, I, I think they just, both teams really wanted to the, the, the fight each other. It's like, Hey, cool. That's cool you, you you got a match with each other hey that you know no no complaints there so yeah
1: not every um, match has to be the match of the night you know pro wrestling yeah. has to have a variety of stuff and i'm glad that stuff like this is thrown in there because there are people out there who this was the match of the night for them so i'm happy that they had that
0: yeah yeah all right so now we can talk about jade <laughs> jade against oh Nina yeah jay um, jade uh, uh I am so impressed by her and you just get more impressed as she keeps because she's, she's just, you could see her figuring out. It's like, it's like a superhero origin story. She's figuring out how to be a wrestler and she has an amazing look. And you, you talked about, you know, her story. I think, I, I think she's a mom or something. I don't know her full story, but she, you know, like in real life, she is an awesome person and she just has. I, I don't. I don't know even if if wrestling is in her future because she could be a movie star or something like that. She is. She she just has star star power written all over her.
1: Did you see the thread that was going around yesterday when somebody shared a cosplay photo of hers in full X Men Storm gear, like a really comics accurate costume?
0: Yes. And yes, they
1: didn't say who it was. It just said like. Hashtag cosplay, hashtag storm, hashtag X-Men. Right. And all these people under the comments are just like, Who is this amazing cosplayer? <laughs> this should be Storm. If MCU Storm doesn't look like this, it's gonna be and like then a bunch of other people commenting to them, like, like- this is Jade Cargill, undefeated TBS champion. You better recognize. And stuff like that is so great for pro wrestling because people are literally drawn in just by seeing her. And, and she's talked about this in interviews and promos. Like if you're flipping the channels and you see that woman on your screen, I'm sorry, you're not looking away. Yeah. Like just one of the most physically impressive muscular physiques in all of pro wrestling. And it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how good she looks for everything. Like she showed up to that scrum after the show, looking like a billion dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, just, yeah. Future star. Yeah. I, I did see that. It's like, Oh, looks like a lot of people are being introduced to this? <laughs> and that's, that's the thing though. It's, it's, you know, the uh, AEW, you know, wrestling fans know about it, but you know, they don't have all a lot of mainstream attention. Uh, I did a meet and greet with, and I got to meet uh, uh, Britt Baker and um, and uh, Sammy Guevara and, and, and Taikonti, and you know, I and, and I shared the pictures, and people are like, "I don't know who those people are, but you look very happy. That looks that looks cool. It's like That's okay, you know, they, they just don't have that that you know." I, I, a friend of mine said, "AEW is that is that the is that the one with CM Punk?" And I'm like, "That's all they know about you know AEW." So at least it, they know CM Punk though. Like that makes right. me happy. Right, yeah, um, but this match, um, yeah, okay. I mean, it was kind of thrown together at the last minute. And the, you know, the circumstances were not that great. Um, I'm a big fan of Anna Jay. I think she's another one that, that you know is still figuring it out, but still, you know, could be a star. She has a great look too. So, uh, but but really, the what the thing about this was what happened afterwards. Um, Chris Statlander came out and then uh athena um came out which i'm i'm really excited about so uh w- what did you think of this
1: oh man you left out the best part we got bivens aka stokely <laughs> oh that's right stokely A- yeah. yeah him too <laughs> like i can't even explain how happy i was when he walked down that ramp like so many people i know have been calling for this Even before he was gone from WWE and he was still in NXT, they're like, put Jade with Bivens and you will make millions. And the fact that Tony jumped at the chance to actually do that the moment his 90 days was up is so smart. Um, I love that Athena looks like she's just going to be chasing the TBS title now. And with uh, Statlander and Anna Jay kind of being allies, we could probably see some trio stuff between them before we get to that eventual title match. So yeah, I think all the aftermatch stuff was great. I actually think Jade and Anna's previous encounter, they had more chemistry. Like there was something just slightly off about this and maybe it was nerves. I don't know. Both of these women are like barely 2 years into their careers, That's so okay. I still I still tend to judge their matches slightly differently than I would Brian Danielson versus <laughs> you know, like Lee Moriarty or something. Yeah. But um yeah, you know, it was okay. Jade looked fantastic as always. Anna looked great. Um, I, I think there was just this weird, like, miscommunication or misstep between them. And I think this match might have had one of the first instances, instances of the night where, where there were multiple of somebody trying a leg submission and it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a running theme. I think I even tweeted, like, did Danhausen curse all leg based <laughs> submissions tonight? Because it happened like four times.
0: Yeah yeah i mean that's that's the thing they're still young they're still learning so putting their ceiling is so high like
1: they have limitless potential so you know this this is going to be one of those matches we look back on in
0: five years like look how much they've grown since then yeah 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 so uh yeah and and yeah the 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 possibilities i mean apparently um wwe did not want to let uh uh, Bivens go and he basically said I'm out of here you know I'm, you know you're not we're not extending the contract I'm out of here so it's not a case of them just getting rid of him he he, he just left on his own and yeah this, this uh, you know he. it almost uh, seemed
1: like he was going to get out of wrestling too he did some speech or stand up special or something where he it, it almost sounded like he was talking about how he just might do something else now but I'm really glad that he decided to do this because this is great
0: yeah yeah um, Death Triangle versus House of Black. For me, this was the match of the night. Um, just amazing moves, amazing wrestling. God, all six of them. Just they're just they're just there's six of the best wrestlers out here out there in the world right now. Uh, gosh, and then you have the the end with, you know, finally getting the payoff of uh, Julia Hart's. What did you think of this?
1: oh i had a lot of fun watching this one um i've been a big fan of the house of black and really wish they had been used more before this but now it seems like they're finally getting some focus and that's great i mean Pac, penta and phoenix like like you said man just three of the most gifted high flyers out there some of the stuff they do is like supernatural and they make it look easy it's crazy and Julia finally turning to the dark side, embracing that, spitting the mist. I'm, you know, I think that should have happened a couple weeks ago during the varsity blonde stuff, but you can only talk about the past so much. So it's, it's smooth sailing from here forward, hopefully. And I'm glad that this looks like it's going to give her the opportunity to maybe show a little bit more range.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Talk about someone that's just learning them really hard. I think she's only like 19 years old or something like that She is, she is, she's a she's a rookie in in life, not just in wrestling.
1: Yeah, she might be 20 now. I'm not sure. Yeah, she turned 20 in November. So she's so she was 19 during all that stuff with like the Max Castor rap that everybody was upset about. Like she was still a teenager when that happened. Oh yeah. But yeah. yeah, like. She's another one, her and Anna and all of them, like she's so young. And the fact that she's already showing so much potential means like it it could be another one we're in
0: 5 years we're just like look at where this girl is now it's crazy i'm i'm really excited to see what they're doing what they're going to do with this whole basically basically she's now blackheart basically you could just you know julia blackheart um, i i i mean i'm excited to see what the, you know that, that finally get a payoff and finally with her so that's cool we'll see where that goes um the owen hart foundation men's tournament final joe versus adam cole uh, I, you know, I thought it was, it was good. Um, I really didn't have a prediction on this. I, I, I guess it was obvious that Colt was going to win. I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't the greatest thing ever. What did you think?
1: I thought this match was fine. Um, it didn't blow me out of the water. I, I think both guys have probably done better stuff in AEW already, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like it's a this was a solid like you know B plus A minus match for me. Um, I wasn't doing the grades. Luckily, like our guy Eric Beeston over at Bleacher Report had to do the grades for this event, and I'm sure he was just dead by the end of the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's one of those matches where I think a lot of people just expect so much out of it that there's no way it could meet its potential so you you we we put performers in a tough spot like that especially when we put them in situations where we're like this is a dream match it's like okay well now if they don't go out there and deliver the best thing ever people are going to be disappointed even if it's good but i'm glad cole won i predicted cole and baker and that's what we got i think it was the right choice and i said this that night too uh Owen Hart spent the majority of his time on TV as a heel. It only felt right to me that two heels won the tournament in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the The women's uh, tournament final was Ruby Soho versus uh versus Br- As soon as um, I saw Adam Cole win, I said, "Okay, Brits winning the next one." It just it just totally makes sense.
1: I will admit, though, the rancid entrance and like the whole so presentation cool. with Ruby, it actually made me doubt my prediction of Baker for a little bit. Because I'm like, they might finally be be putting the weight behind Ruby with this, but it, it almost feels like her coming up short in a few different instances is going to be part of her story. Okay. So I, I don't think this is necessarily a case of bad booking of Ruby. I think it's intentional because it will lead to something. At least I'm hoping. I have some faith that at some point she's going to get the push everybody wants her to get.
0: Brit gets a lot of criticism I, I've I've seen it called Brit fatigue you know we're, we're tired of of Brit but, 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 you know basically I've even seen her compared to the Charlotte Flair it's like okay we're we stop stop shoving these fans onwards. would
1: not have lasted in the attitude era they would have been like oh we're getting Austin every week <laughs> it's like, I mean when exactly. somebody I'm sorry but when somebody proves that they're They're your top star. That's where you keep them. Britt put the work in. She got over. I hate that she's getting that kind of criticism because I know people want other people to get a push, but man, she's worked her butt off. Like she's earned everything that they've given her in my opinion. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that she got this because I think this is going to be good to keep her relevant while she's not a champion because it's going to be a while before she's a champion again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is so difficult to make somebody over to make somebody um, connect with the fans and you know one way or the other cheering or booing. If you have that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with bringing those people out. So, yeah, you stop that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you could you could do better things with with you know booking in the in the women's division. But still, yeah. Libra. Hey, I, I love her because she's from Pittsburgh. She's one of my favorite. You know, yeah. So, hey, I, you know, leave Britney alone. A, yeah. Um, but no,
1: I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan. I I really like her whole presentation. Her gear was some of the best gear on the whole show. Whoever did her stuff did an, an amazing job. Like it was such a nice Owen Hart tribute. Yeah. And it was and it was also so specific to her, too
0: yeah yeah um that was the other thing it's like Adam Cole came out with with pink gear too it's like oh okay this might be foreshadowing <laughs> it was like, yeah anybody that's wearing pink is gonna win tonight okay so, um and, and and what was also really cool was afterward um Martha Hart comes out and presents the 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 trophy and the belts which w- looked amazing but what was really cool was Adam Cole and, and Britt Baker who are supposed to be heels they kind of Dropped that character a little bit and, and, and showed the respect and showed, you know, the, a different side to them that they were just so happy to win this, this, this tournament and, and how prestigious it was. And it really gave a lot of importance to it. So that, that was just all awesome.
1: I agree. I think it's, it's good for sometimes heels to not necessarily have to act like a heel. Cause in that moment there, there would have been nothing for them to gain. By giving a heel promo or if Martha Hart had been like, hey, why don't you insult me or something because it'll be funny for the segment. Like, I don't think there would have been anything to gain from that. And treating it with the kind of respect that they showed it is the perfect way to launch it. And now next year when this tournament starts up, I think people are going to view it as an important thing. And a big stepping stone for some of these AEW stars when they win it. And you're right about the belts. They were like, I guess they were, I didn't pick this out at first, but I saw a bunch of people saying it online that they were clearly uh, homaging the Stampede wrestling belts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Definitely. they looked beautiful. The cup looked great. All that stuff was done so well. I'm very happy with how all this Owen stuff concluded even if at the end of the day, I would have put Ruby Soho over if I was booking the show, like I cannot complain that Baker and Cole are perfect because they're going to be so obnoxious about this going forward. It's going to be like Tay and Sammy times 10.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: Speaking of,
0: speaking of, (laughs) but but before that um, on, on, um, on Friday night, there was the, um, the I guess it was a, the semifinal between Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander and wow that was crazy because Ruby Soho wins and the crowd is just crazy mad they really wanted Chris Statlander to win and even super, super Ruby is, is you know she gets on the mic it's like hey I know you're mad right now it's like wow I mean yeah. that's, that's really cool that they care so much but that was surprising
1: I I was a little surprised too, but I I do think it says more about how over Statlander is than anything else because Ruby got a fantastic reaction on Sunday. So it's not like that's going to be a sustained thing for her. But yeah, I, and it it actually, I will say that it, it made me really happy as a, like a really big Chris Statlander fan that that is how the fans reacted because that tells me that I'm not alone in thinking that she's somebody that they should be pushing harder. And I know that, I know that Tony pays attention to all that stuff. So when he saw that, he's probably like, all right, we got to do something with Chris before. I
0: I am. I'm a big fan of Chris Statlander. I am a big fan of those, those powerful women like Jamie Hayter. Um, kind of tony storm a little bit but but does does jade uh, do like jade too yeah 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 those powerful women it looks like we might be getting chris Tetlander versus jade that's gonna be amazing um i'm yeah i'm i'm a a big fan it's time to push chris and i hope i hope that 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 moment uh gives her a push and yeah ruby soho deserves a push too so we'll we'll see what happens there but um yeah the six person tag um Paige Van Zant, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page versus Ty Conti, Sammy Guevara, and Frankie Kazarian. Um, I <laughs> who are we supposed to like here? They were all very unlikable people, but um, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I
1: guess Frankie is really the only babyface in this whole basically, situation. Basically, yeah. Um, I mean. And I love that, like he basically said "f you" and walked away. <laughs> yeah, like that—that that kept him as a baby face <laughs> and is going to allow Guevara and Conti to build this new heel run that they're going to do because you know that's where this is going.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: But yeah, what did you think of this match as a whole?
0: Um, it was it was not great. I think the big thing was you know the, the basically the, the the wrestling debut of Paige Van Zant. She did okay. You know that's that's a tough spot to put someone in. And he's like, "Hey, your 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 first match is going to be on a pay per view. Go out there!" and and she did all right. Uh Would you be more impressed
1: if I told you that she's really only been wrestling training for a couple months?
0: Um, I, I it wouldn't surprise me. And if that was a the case, then that's awesome because you know, with with that little training, she she really you know pulled it off. Um, I was always excited. Be, uh, because because she's a star in in you know MMA and stuff, so it's like I was excited, it's like okay, let's see. You know, I'm thinking what another round of rousey, another another, you know, Brock Lesnar. Who let's let's see what happens, and so I'm really excited to see what she can do uh in in wrestling. So yeah, let's go. Um, I mean and, and I like Scorpio Sky and, and and the other thing about Ethan Page really Really stood out to me. Um, I think a few weeks ago, he delivered that crazy, really good promo that really it's like, okay, this is this is like your star making moment for you. And and I mean he was always he, he's always been good. So um yeah, I, I wasn't that crazy about the match, but it, it it had some good elements.
1: I think there were there were three things about this match that I kind of liked. I I thought Paige looked good. Um especially for being so new, the transition for MMA stars to pro wrestling is a lot easier than a lot of people think because so many of the holds and takedowns and stuff pretty much work the exact same way. It's all about leverage. Yeah, But I think this match had one moment to me that we're going to see replayed several times in the next couple of weeks. Sammy drilled Tay with that super kick and she sold it like a champ. It was the best moment in the whole match and the way they played around with it on social media afterwards was really funny where she's like two super kicks in one week. I need a vacation. And Sammy just replies, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like (laughs) as annoying as they've made them on TV. Like, I think both of them are very smart about what they're doing on social media with this. Um, But yeah, this is another one of those like lower to middle of the pack matches from the whole night but I do think there were some highlights and that that super kick spot was just immaculate. Like it looked better than the one they did at the AAA event when they won the mixed uh, tag titles.
0: It was, it was so well done. It was yeah. such a good super kick. Uh, there yeah, was the also- way she
1: sold it was so good too. She just, cause she just falls dead. Like yeah. she just, her whole body is just gone. It was great.
0: When it's it's really cool that when they're not having sex on on wrestling belts that they're uh, they're <laughs> practicing super kicks and stuff. But um, God, I who also... knows
1: what they did to those UFC and BNF <laughs> titles that they
0: had. Um, I also like that spot where where Paige did something to Ty. It Ty ends up in um, Sammy's crotch or basically hitting hitting Sammy in the crotch. That was that was a yeah great moment. Um, yeah, so uh, Darby Allen versus Kyler Riley. Um, I mean. I I, I I like both of them, although I'm not that sold on Kyler Riley. I'm 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 starting to love him. Um, I always viewed Kyle Riley as you know basically, basically how they were built in NXT. You know, Undisputed Era was Adam Cole and the Colettes. It was like it was all about Adam <laughs> Cole, and it was like oh yeah, and then and then the other guys. So, so it's you really
1: cool. you you weren't into like the Ring of Honor stuff when they were originally Red Dragon, then were you?
0: No no i did not see that
1: because yeah their their first stuff like that's why people like them so much was all their old red dragon stuff the undisputed era stuff is great but um i'm surprised that this wasn't a tag team match and i know sting is injured but they could have found somebody for darby to turn up with like and i I, i'm actually happy that kyle o'reilly went over here because like you kind of need to give everybody a good win if you're going to do something with them. And Darby is kind of like Teflon when it comes to losses. It doesn't matter.
0: He he doesn't need to win. Really? He's, he's like, he'll be be pushed forever.
1: Like he's, he's never going to be one of those guys who's, who's too far from TV. So I think it's good that they recognize that they can use him to put people over in these matches because, he'll he has the support of the crowd he can bounce back as long as they don't do it too many times in a row then you're gonna you know
0: right right you're you gonna get burn that reaction um, yeah um, there was that one spot and I don't know if it was a botch I don't know what happened where Darby did his patented suicide dive, but I he tripped or something like that and it looked like he fell or something i don't know if he meant to do that i don't know but it was scary it's like oh my god are you actually are you actually dead or you're actually okay um and then that was kind of disappointing because his suicide dives are like the best one of the best things in all of wrestling uh but yeah i mean this was this was solid
1: yeah i think the the second suicide dive when Kyle caught him right into a guillotine was yeah. one of the coolest things we saw yeah. that night yeah, But yeah, that first one was a little scary I think he maybe clipped his feet on one of the ropes As he was flying through Yeah, And that like stalled his momentum And so he shifted his body And almost turned it into like a kick um, But yeah, Darby's one of those guys That it looks like he's just throwing his body around And he is a lot of the times But I also think he's very aware Of what he needs to do to be as safe as possible When he's doing all the crazy stuff so the fact that he saved himself and like kept going, it doesn't surprise
0: me at all. Whenever he does one of those suicide dives, it it reminds me of when you're playing pole and you feel bad for the guys. He hits man. Cause he goes full force. He's he's I remember that that match when he was still TNT champion and he lost it to Miro and he he's he did one of those and it looked like he just hit Miro so hard. My goodness. He was it was like a, it was like a like a cue ball bouncing off like, off off pool balls or something like that when you hit him really hard. Like man, that's 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 crazy.
1: Yeah, he really shoots himself like a bullet and just goes for it and you got to admire it. Like people call him you know the modern day Jeff Hardy, but <laughs> I see major differences between them. I think Jeff Always knew how safe to make all the big spots, and sometimes I think Darby is like, Let's just do it, and if it goes wrong, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like I I do think, I I do think Jeff is safer than Darby.
0: (laughs) Um, for the AEW Women's Championship match, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb, you knew this was going to be good, the buildup was not that great, um, but. I'm, I am a huge Thunder Rosa fan. I think she's awesome. I think she's, I love her story and, and, and she's a really good wrestler too. And Serena Deeb is a real good wrestler. So you knew this was going to be good. It was a very good technical match.
1: Oh yeah, this, these are two of my favorite pro wrestlers in the world. Man, woman doesn't matter. I, I think Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb both have a level of skill that not everybody who gets into this business is going to get to. And the fact that they did not use their original NWA women's title feud that they had in AEW as part of the buildup for this was very disappointing. I think there was much more interesting stories they could have told. But at the end of the day, the match is what's important, and I don't think it's the last match we'll see from them. So they can always go back later and reference all their previous stuff. But um, the, the tribute from Thunder Rosa on her gear to the victims in Texas was amazing. She just looked incredible in that stuff, like that bodysuit. Everything looked so cool with her presentation. Yeah, Like, she's one of the coolest looking pro wrestlers. And I I said this that night, and Nyla Rose agreed with me on Twitter. Like, if AEW does not make an action figure of her in that gear, they are leaving money on the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am such a Thunder Rosa fan. Um, it is funny, though, that in Pittsburgh, Britt Baker, is. it's kind of like the uh, the Bret Hart in Canada thing. When when, when Bret Hart, when, when when Britt Baker is in Pittsburgh, she is a a beloved baby face. And Thunder Rosa is a hated heel. It's very funny. Oh, yeah.
1: And that's what you got to do. It's like when MJF was getting the heroes welcome on Long yes, Island. It's yes. And that's, AEW, the fact that they play into that, I love it because that's how it should be. Like if the crowd is cheering MJF in just one city, then let MJF soak it in and like, right. these are my people. These are the only people I like, and make it part of the heel gimmick. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think Tony Khan is good at that. He at listening to the crowd and giving them what they want, and not like other places where they dictate to you what you're supposed to think. But anyway. Uh, anarchy in the arena <laughs> wow wow you know uh, I, I i've seen and said it's like oh they do this they do this all the time they're just like no this was different this was different it was amazing it was unique uh there, there were just amazing things going on i love that they played john moxley's music for a long time until apparently Chris Jericho put an end to it by, by, by breaking the soundboard or something like that. That was, that was a really nice touch because apparently that was an o2 um, uh, new Jack, new Jack and ACW, yeah. which is, which is amazing, which is, I, I, I love so much. Uh, but God, this was, this was just really good. And then the ending with Eddie Kingston, my God, that was amazing. What did you think of this?
1: Oh, yeah, I loved it. This is the best thing I think Jericho has been involved with in AEW in a long time. Um, Just all the fact that like all these people were in some kind of white gear except Santana and Ortiz, you just see all that blood. Right. And I'm not (laughs) one of those people who really likes an excessive amount of blood in a match. But just when you see a bloody Eddie Kingston carrying a gas can looking like he legitimately wants to kill Chris Jericho, how are you not drawn into that? Like, Oh my God, what an image. And all the stuff that they were doing all over the arena, like sometimes AEW is really bad about catching spots on camera and they've missed a lot in the past. I think they did a really good job balancing the action in this and giving us a little bit of time with all 10 competitors, giving everybody a kind of special moment to stand out. But man, yeah, this, this was just insanity of the best kind. Um, I would never tell anybody that they were wrong for not liking a match, and I could totally get why somebody would not be into this, but I I loved it from start to finish.
0: The promo that eddie kingston did before the match i don't think i've ever seen anything like it before where she he's holding a bottle of jack daniels and basically saying you've driven me to drink again you've you've brought back my demons like wow i think i'm i'm hoping it was a work <laughs> but but so intense so good and yeah i mean and and the ending w- was perfect where basically Eddie Kingston cost him the match because he poured gasoline on his own guy, and and you know it, it, it. They 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 basically and you know I saw something that said, well, that made Blackpool uh, Combat Club look weak. It's like not really. You basically had they you basically had to do a superhuman effort to uh, to win this match to defeat uh, Brian Danielson. So I I see no problems with it.
1: No, you had Jericho with the half crab and Hager choking him with the rope. He didn't tap out. He passed out. He passed. Like yeah. that That was a great way to end the match. And frankly, I'm surprised it ended that way because I had initially pegged Garcia to be the one to get the win for Jericho Appreciation Society because I feel like he is one of the people in this group that they want to get the most out of in the long run. And I was really surprised that it wasn't him like pinning or making uh Santana or Ortiz submit that's how I thought this was going to go but yeah I think having Danielson in that spot was fine um yeah I love this this was great I, I think this is one of those matches I-, I haven't gone back and re-watched anything from the pay-per-view except the first match with Wardlow and MJF so this is probably one I'm definitely going to revisit at some point
0: Amazing and just just really, really well done. Uh, the AW tag team match, um, Keith Leans and Swerve Strickland, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. It's hard to do a triple threat match, it's hard to do a triple threat tag match. I think they did a really good job. I love basically everyone in this, so I had no problem with you know whoever was gonna win kind of sick of jungle boy luchasaurus but i think that's going to play out eventually but what, what did you think of this
1: um this is one of the the few things of the night that i think i wanted a different result i think a different result would have been better i wanted i thought it was going to be lee and swerve but i was pulling for habs and starks um i really like both of those teams but habs and starks like they they, I, I'd love to see them have a run with the tag titles, especially with Stark still holding that FTW title, just walking around with two belts like a cocky little jerk. But, <laughs> um, I think Jurassic Express has unfortunately had the weakest tag title reign, not in terms of the quality of their matches, just in terms of what AEW has done with them. Like, there really hasn't been much story behind any of their title defenses. And, Yeah. Like, it really feels like the tag title scene took a back seat once the Bucks lost the belts, which is unfortunate because their tag team division is so deep. Like there's just so many teams that you could put those belts on at any given time. So I'd I'd really like to see them get one substantial feud between now and when they drop the belts. So they at least have something memorable that people can pick out from their reign. Because right now I, I, like, I would have trouble even coming up with another one of their title defenses that stands out to me, to be I, honest with you. I,
0: I think the thing that's going to stand out is, is how they lose, it. and it's probably going to be because Christian Cage turns on them. But um, I think AEW in general has a problem booking babyface champions. Um, it seems like you know once they win the title, it's like, okay, what do we do now? I think we're seeing that with Thunder Rosa. I think we're seeing this with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and I think we saw it with... Um, Hangman page I, I think it's like okay what do we do now it's like we you you need to have something more here especially like you said the the tag team division is so strong um, there's a lot you could do there it's like I don't I don't think I don't think that I don't think the best team is the champions right now but you know it is what it is
1: I honestly feel like Jurassic Express was more important before they won the titles because everybody wanted them to win the titles. And then as soon as yeah. they got them, people were like, all right, what are you going to do? And AEW is like, I don't know. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I do feel like that's, it's unfair for jungle boy and Luchasaurus to be judged based on this reign because they can only control so much, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which one of these teams takes them. Cause there's so many that I could reasonably say deserve the titles like private party, has not missed in any other matches in months. Every time they get in the ring, they're fantastic. Santana and Ortiz, you need to put the belts on those yes. guys. eventually. Yes. So yeah, at, at, there's, and a trio's title feels like it is coming at some point. It's oh, just, yeah, when is really the question. And some of these teams can easily be converted to trios like, you know, Kingston Santana and Ortiz are a trio right. basically, you know, the black hole combat club's already a trio. So yeah, there's a lot of potential there, but Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus just I don't know, man. It's just, AEW did something weird with their rain that I'm I'm not super into. I but I liked this match. I thought all six guys came up yeah. and and had a fun 17-minute bout.
0: Yeah. Uh, the I think it was on Dynamite last week. Uh, uh um uh Soros Strickland versus Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks. That was amazing. Three three really good wrestlers going at it. I would also at some point love to see Keith Lee versus Luchasaurus versus Powerhouse Hobbs, and they kind of tease that during this match. I would, I would love that. I, I, I love Keith Lee so much. I, I really hope that he goes far because I, I really hate what happened to him in, in WWE, but I, I just love him so much.
1: Yeah, I mean AEW has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talent right now. You 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 really could not go into that locker room and you could throw a stone in any direction and you're going to hit somebody who could be a future world champion.
0: Yeah. Speaking of world champion, AEW world championship match, Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. CM Punk wins is this what you thought would happen? I thought it. I kind of expected CM Punk to win, but not this way. I thought he would do a heel turn. I thought he would do like a weasel thing. Uh, What what did you think of this?
1: I really liked the match, but you're, you're totally right. I agree that I had a completely different prediction for this. I thought page was going to retain and that would facilitate the punk turn. Mm -hmm. Like, and I thought that the, the segment from, Dynamite, or was it Rampage? No, it was Dynamite. When they had their little confrontation in the ring, I felt like it was setting up a very specific scene because Hangman refused the handshake and Punk shoved him and he punched him. And then Punk was like kind of smiling about it. I figured this was going to end with Paige winning clean, trying to offer Punk a handshake, and then Punk just beating him down until the crowd was booing him. The fact that it didn't end that way surprised me, but I think putting the title on punk is it's a smart strategic move. Like pa- hangman page is great and he's going to be around for a while. So he'll probably get that belt back at some point in his career. But right now, AEW is still trying to grow. And if you put punk at the forefront of your company with that world title, people are going to notice.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the match right. itself was, was fantastic. Both guys did exactly what they needed to do.
0: Yeah. I I love Hangman Page but and and I mean not there's nothing nothing wrong with his title reign. He he went he had awesome matches with Brian Danielson. Uh he he had he had great matches anytime he anytime he wrestled it was a great match and but the build up to him getting the title was so amazing and it's like okay now I got the title. What do we do now? And yes, he was, he's, he's a really good wrestler, but he just on the I don't know. On the mics, just, just not that, not that awesome. I don't know.
1: I think page can be good on the mic in the right situations, but I think um, being, I don't know white bread baby face is the right term to use, but kind of just being a baby face in general does limit people in some ways and with him he's supposed to be like the super valiant never cheats like good guy babyface. like he's kind of in that in that respect he's similar to john cena like their gimmicks are nothing alike but they're both supposed to be the guy who does what's right no matter what so it does limit how much personality they can show in some ways so it's hard to blame him but i thought that promo him and punk had like When he was like, "I'm not here to defend the title against you. I'm here to defend AEW from you." Like, I love that line. I think that was delivered well. So, he's just one of those guys that I think, when he has the right person to play off of, it's great. Like when he was doing all that stuff with the Dark Order, I was having so much fun with that. That was great. Yeah, that was great.
0: But okay, where, where do we go now with with Punk? Uh, You know, who do you? I mean. Who do you think steps up next to to, to challenge him? I mean, there's a a whole bunch of contenders you could go with. I wonder what direction they're going to go.
1: Well, it seems like they're going to keep Punk Babyface for the time being. So his next challenger or two are probably going to be people who obviously aren't going to be winning the titles. But I think eventually it has to be Kingston who takes the belt from him. it's too natural of a story. And like the two, I feel like the two of them probably have actually like either not become friends necessarily, but I think the relationship might be better than it was before AEW because now they go back and forth on social media and it's really funny. And I think both of them are in on it. I don't think there's as much real life animosity as maybe there once was. So, I think that's the story that you need to build in order to push Eddie to the top. Cause Eddie, man, I I don't know if I've ever seen as much homegrown support as I have for a guy like that. Like people love that guy for so many perfectly valid reasons. He's incredible. So I think he has to be the next champion, but that feud should not be punk's first feud. I really don't know where they go from, from here, I could actually see it still being page for a little while. Like if they want to run that back at all out or something. So I don't know. Could be,
0: could be, I mean, and who knows what's going on with Kenny Omega, who knows when he's going to be back, but that's, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's someone right there. That would be interesting. Um Before all this stuff with MJF, I would say, you know, this is a perfect time for MJF to become champion But now who knows what's going to happen there. Um, But, but yeah, with, with Eddie Kingston, he has such a connection throughout wrestling history. you, You, there was always someone that every, that every man like dusty Rhodes, you know, the guy that didn't look the parts that didn't have like the greatest physique ever, but just connected with the fans. And that is definitely Eddie Kingston and, God, if he if they just did a, a, a title chase, like a long thing where, where he he fought for the title, that would be amazing. The crowd would be so behind him. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of great stories they could tell. Like I just pulled up the AEW roster just to see what kind of possibilities there are. And one that really stands out to me as a as a feud I think would be fantastic would be Jonathan Gresham. I know he's the ROH world champion right now, but if he drops that belt at some point and moves over to AEW, which I do believe will happen, I think him and Punk would just be so much fun together. And it's something we've never seen. So there's there's a lot of intrigue there too. But yeah, I mean, you could reasonably put Punk up against a couple of people you know he's going to beat, but still have good matches like Lance Archer, Or, um, you know, a a Pac, somebody like that, yeah, before you put him into the prom or the match that's eventually gonna take the title. So, I think there's a lot of ways they could go. I actually, Ethan Page, we were talking about him earlier, that would be a really fun program. Ethan Page and Punk, I mean, those promos back and forth would be great. Just keep Dan Lambert away from the mic, and it'll work.
0: Oh, God, I, Dan Lambert. I get what they're trying to do, but it's not working. It's just, yeah, it's not, stop for me. It.
1: I understand the logic behind it. Like yeah. it's easy heat um, and it's a classic booking technique. You know, you, you insult the crowd and the crowd will boo you, but it's the same reason. I don't like what edge has been doing with the judgment day stuff. The past few weeks, all his you people promos aren't working for me. And Edge has been in the business too long to give you people promos at this point. Like, you know what the WWE audience is, man, what are you talking about? Why is any of this a surprise to you, Edge? So it's, it's a very strange line to walk with that kind of stuff, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if, I don't think they should put Wardlow in that position right away, but Wardlow versus punk feud would be very interesting because they had that one match. And then Wardlow helped Punk beat MJF, so maybe he could come up to him and be like, "Hey, man, I helped you. How about you scratch my back
0: now?" It's a perfect, um, it, it's it's a perfect story because really in that match Wardlow completely destroyed Punk, and by some fluke, Punk was able to win. But yeah, that that would be perfect. It's like, "Hey, I destroyed you. This is my thing."
1: And give me my belt. Punk even acknowledged in a promo when you remember that match where MJF technically won, but like it was because of Wardlow. Punk yeah, even yeah. said, like, you know, Wardlow's the guy who gave me my first loss, not you. Yeah, That's something Wardlow should cling to and be like, hey, remember what you said about me giving you your first loss? How about I hand you your second? <laughs> yeah. like, there's so many ways they could go with this. Man, I'm so excited for what's going to happen with Wardlow because that dude's a star already.
0: Kudos to Tony Khan or whoever devised the, the build for Wardlow, because it was done perfectly. He has that, that Goldberg vibe. He has that, that Batista vibe. It is perfect. I, and Hey, building a star is not easy and they did it. So kudos to them. Absolutely.
1: And Wardlow is a guy who got over as a heel first while he was still with MJF. And that's sort of the, almost the best way you can make your initial transition into a baby face from a heel because that means it's working. So a forced baby face turn wouldn't have been nearly as effective. But once you see that the crowd's behind him and it pulls it off beautifully. W- yeah, Wardlow is going to be around for a while, I think. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that WWE lures away because I think Tony will pull out the checkbook to keep him.
0: That's going to be interesting to see in the in the future who what what WWE does with, you know, maybe the lower away MJF, maybe the lower away you know, some of the other pillars who who knows what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But um, the next I the next pay-per-view is um, Forbidden Door, which is in less than a month. And we know nothing about that. So maybe it's just going to be a whole bunch of you know aew and new japan people going at it and so then you know basically everything is going to be delayed who knows
1: yeah they've done little things here and there like you know we saw jeff cobb and um okan show up so that's that seems like it was planting the seeds for something there's a lot of different people people that fans are putting together for matches in their head like oh i want to see okada fight danielson i want to see okada fight punk it's It'll be mean, really interesting to see what this card ends up looking like, because for one thing, it really bothers me that we haven't heard anything about if there's plans for women's matches to be included, because yeah, there is no New Japan women's. But they have a relationship with stardom, and so does Tony. So I would love to see a couple of stardom talents brought over, book a couple of matches between Thunder Rosa, Jade, and a couple of the girls from stardom just to get the AEW women's champions on the card. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All, all I ask is please explain who these people are because I really don't follow new Japan. I don't know who these people are and I, I don't know what percentage of the audience does not know. I know a lot of them are smart. I mean, yeah, you know, you could just tell by crowd reactions, but still not everybody is that knowledgeable. So do it. Please do a good job of explaining why I should care about these people and, and, and what their importance is.
1: So there's a few people that I can recommend that anybody follow leading up to that and beyond, because they're good people who will be beneficial in giving you information about New Japan. Uh, one of them is Ryan Dilbert, just fantastic writer. I've known the guy for years. He used to be a bleacher report. He's currently a teacher, but he also contributes for In. And he is quite possibly one of the biggest Japanese wrestling advocates and fans. I know uh, Ross Berman does all the new Japan stuff for WrestleZone, zone. I believe he's always talking about new Japan at like two, three in the morning when these shows are on for us. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of people out there that are good to follow, but I think AEW is probably going to do more of those like road to forbidden door videos. And yeah. we're going to get some kind of character introductions we might get recap video packages of people's careers on Dynamite and Rampage just to introduce us to people. And I do think that that's very important because like you said, not everybody who watches AEW watches New Japan.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you really want this pay-per-view to be a success and prove the concept for potential future collaborations, you have to make it as easy as possible for fans to get invested.
0: Right, right. Very, be very interesting how these next few weeks play out. So awesome. So how can, how can people find you and follow your work? Well, I'm really only working with
1: Bleacher Report right now. So BleacherReport.com or the Bleacher Report app. But uh, last few months, I've just been popping up on a buttload of podcasts. So I, I'm always <laughs> tweeting those appearances out. People can find me screwing around with somebody somewhere usually. Uh, and then my only social media is Twitter. So BR underscore doctor. Um, I'm usually if, you know, I, I barely promote my own work on there. I'm usually just talking about what other people are doing because I find that more interesting, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I usually respond to most people on Twitter who, who don't treat me like a jerk. So <laughs> Anybody
0: wants to come say hi? Come say hi. You are a great follow on Twitter for for wrestling content, dude. I love
1: your Twitter account, man, because it's like just ninety percent of these hilarious memes. You're not posting like bullshit. You're not getting angry (laughs) at people. Like all the all the stuff that pops up on my timeline from you always cracks me up.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I I I'm. It's an addiction. I am basically addicted to Twitter and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect for it because I just, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessive and I, and I tweet a million things, but that's a kind of, that Twitter kind of lends itself to that. So it, it yeah. works.
1: I'm less interested in the overall concept of Twitter than I am just keeping in touch with the people that I like on Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's like, it's just fun to interact with people and that kind of stuff. I, I'm lucky. I'm so lucky. I have one of, The easiest times in wrestling media on Twitter, because I work for a sports website, not a pro wrestling website. So for Mm -hmm. some reason, all the hate that you see getting directed at at these guys who are at all these other pro wrestling specific websites, it just doesn't happen to me, at least not nearly at that level. I get it once in a while, but it's, it's never anything big. So I try to be one of the more positive people on Twitter if I can, because I have such a positive experience with it. So
0: I want other people to as well. Yeah. I, I follow, I, I pay attention to the, pe- the things I like and the things I don't like. I just mute, block, get out of my face. And that's how I stay sane, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's the only way. I mean, you're curating your timeline. I've been saying this for a long time. That's what you have to do to make your Twitter experience good. If you don't be careful with who you follow and who you allow to retweet stuff onto your timeline, yeah. y- it's not going to be fun because there are some people that I follow Cause I like what they say, but sometimes they retweet stuff that I'm like, I don't want to see this. Right. So I, if you turn off retweets, then all you see is their own stuff. And it's great.
0: <laughs> yep. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was an awesome talk. had a great time. Thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, Hey man. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. And anytime, man, just if you want to talk wrestling again, I'm always down. Awesome. We'll do. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.